0: If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms, chapter 85. What a great word uh, our founding pastor brought to us last week. <clears throat> he's ministering. Um, actually, they just had a great-grandbaby a, a few days ago out in California where Preston lives. And Amen. And, um, and so they went out to see the baby, but also he's actually ministering. It all kind of worked out a good time, but he's preaching in Delano, California this morning. So, Father, we lift up Dr. Savell to you today. Thank you that you fill his mouth with truth. Thank you for the anointing to deliver the word exactly the way he needs to. Thank you that it operates in the fullness of the gift of the apostle. In Jesus' name, amen. He had us write this scripture down last week. Now, I'm going to be continuing in my series about desire and in dealing with the Holy Spirit. But I believe all this will tie in together for my assignment and we'll see how far we get in this today. Can you, can you say this with me one more time? My heart is open. Heart is open. Mm. What can he do with a heart that's open? Psalms 85 verse 6 says, Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Wow. Will you not revive us again? Verse 4 says, Restore us, O God, of our salvation, and cause your anger towards us to cease. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? He goes, Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in, in you? I mean, what a request by the psalmist will you not revive us i want you to know no matter where you are in your life right now god's plan and purpose for your life for the church on the on the planet earth is revival back in may on wednesday nights we were we're talking about we've been talking about revival and there was a, some things i wrote down and and I printed, I printed it out, and it printed out on like number eight font. So I'm like, um, let's see. Uh, but there's some things here that I believe are important as we talk about revival. And these are five things that I preached about the first session that we had on uh, summer revival nights. And I said this. Number one was revival is God's plan for every individual, for the church, and for the world. Second thing I I talked about was revival is not a feeling, a goose pump. It's a coming alive and it's a transformation. Number three, revival in itself is to awaken the thoughts that there is more. To cause to produce action to pursue more. Number four, revival is God's desire for every individual and for the entire world. Number five, revival is... Is about a season of separation. A season of separation. So this, this phrase, the prayer in Psalm, Psalm 85 says, will you not revive us again? What is he saying? You know, that, that if you're going to step into revival, there's going to be a season of separation. Say separation. separation. Say the word words set apart. And that's what I want to deal with this morning is the Holy Spirit is here. Jesus came, did what he was supposed to do, sent the Holy Spirit, and the purpose is for us to be set apart. Now as I was preparing over this I, I'd, I'd gotten, I, I, was, I woke up this morning And I, I was just going through what the Lord had given me And all of a sudden I got to a certain point And he reminded me of some things earlier in the week And I thought, well, now nah, that's not for this Sunday And he goes, no, I, 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 he, so he shifted my message And what I was supposed to speak And I believe it's going to take us to another level It's going to take you to another level Because that's what revival is all about Go to Matthew chapter 3 Matthew chapter 3. Say, <clears throat> so I'm set apart, set apart. For, a for a purpose. Let's look at verse 11. This is John the Baptist speaking here. And it says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. He will gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Wow. So... What happens when Jesus comes to baptize with Holy Ghost in fire? What is it? It's to separate some things. Jesus didn't come so we could stay like the world. Jesus came to bring about a separation. Say separation. Separation. So the fire of God. So Jesus is going to come and there's going to be something on him that's going to cause people to be separated out of the norm, out of the ordinary, out of what's always been. I don't know about you, but I don't want ordinary and I don't want all, what always been. I, I don't want what the rest of the world has. I want what heaven has because what I read in the word and the covenant I have with God is so much stronger and so much better than the way that I see the rest of the world live. See, if you're tired of, of where you are in your life, that means you may need to step out of what you've been doing. You know, I know it's a long-term, long-time definition that people use for insanity, but the definition was, what is insanity? It's keep doing the same thing, but expect to get different results. It's like, well, I want something different, but you keep doing the same thing. So that means if I want different results, then I've got to step in and I've got to be separated from some things. Let's go to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Thank you Holy Spirit Luke chapter 12 verse 49 This is Jesus speaking He says I came to send fire on the earth And then he says oh how I wish It was already kindled Man think think of that statement that Jesus just said We talk about a lot of reasons on why Jesus came. You're like, oh, well, Jesus came to save me from my sins. Yes, he did. But we can go through scriptures and there's a lot of other things that he came to seek and save that which was lost. But what does it say here? I came to send fire on the earth. And he's like, oh, I wish it was already kindled. He goes, but I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how distressed I am till it is accomplished. Do you suppose, now listen, that I came to bring peace on earth? Now, this might kick over some some, uh, worldly thinking on the way people perceive Jesus. Oh, well, Jesus just loves everyone. Kumbaya. He does. He he loves the world. He sent Jesus, but that doesn't mean he likes your lifestyle. That doesn't mean he's okay with your lostness. That doesn't mean he's accepting your disobedience. Because we have that. Oh, you you think that I came to bring peace on earth? (laughs) That just totally you're like, I don't like this message. Pastor Justin. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? Now this word peace here is not the peace like that we see that says my peace I leave you, my peace I give unto you. This is a different peace. This talks about, this is talking about peace between humanity and nations. This is talking about a national like, you know, peace man, world world peace. That's, you know, it's like, hey, you know, if you're. This is the beauty pageant? What do you want? And like world peace? That's that's kind of like what he's saying. And Jesus is saying, "That's not the peace I came to bring." He goes, "I didn't come to bring peace on earth." He said, "He goes, but I tell you, not at all, but rather division." Oh, he said, "Well, I thought, Jesus, I thought well, we need unity. We need unity, just all get along." Well, according to Jesus, he said, "I came to bring division." You see. Now, these are Jesus's words, not Justin's words. And he says, I didn't come to bring peace, but I came to bring division. Now, this word fire, he said, that he says here, he goes, I came to bring fire. Because see, the fire that he's bringing is about separating you from some things. He goes on and he lists some things that you need to be separated by. He talks about some different family members and things like that. And that all has to do with tradition. Meaning, I'm coming to set you apart from the traditions. I'm setting you apart from the things that you're holding as sacred that aren't sacred. I'm hold, I'm. I'm setting you apart from different things. Now, now, this word "fire" is interesting here, and um, this is the way that I, I was looking into the, the the Greek here. And this word "fire," this is the what it means. It means to disorganize, to split apart things that are joined together. Now, this, this is what I came to bring fire. So you could say it this way. I came to disorganize and split apart things that are joined together. Now, this, now in, the, in my study thing that I use, it says that this word fire symbolizes desertion. And, desertion, and, it's, and this is what it also says. It says a disagreement that leads to discord. So Jesus came. I came to bring fire. He's saying, Alex, I came to bring something in your life that will then now cause you to be in disagreement. To now have discord, discord with your past. You say, I came to bring fire. You see, there's things that we join ourselves to. There's friends we join ourselves to. There's wrong mindsets we join ourselves to. There's, there's um, uh, wrong doctrine we can join ourselves to. Wrong perceptions. Wrong churches. We can join ourselves to things. We can join ourselves to substances. We can join ourselves to, to uh, all sorts of things. You, you, know, you know what I'm talking about, right? I don't have to keep going there. And so what Jesus said, I came to bring fire to disorganize and to separate what you have been joined to. I came to separate you. This fire that Jesus is bringing is to take you out of the relationships and the things that have continued to cause you to be bound and to be lost. Thank you, Father. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. This is a, so this is a fire That produces a change Thank you Father You know I remember Yes Holy Spirit Some of you heard my testimony On how the presence of God came on me I cried out to God I was healed Something that marked my life In January of 1993 And I remember after that experience It was something I couldn't deny I knew It was the spirit of God. And I knew I was healed. And I knew I had been changed. And so it wasn't just the presence of God coming on me. Laying on my sister's navy blue sectional couch. But it was the fire of God that came into me. It was the fire of God that came into me. To the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And and I remember... Went leaving there going back and I had to go back some, you know if you know my story I was working at a liquor store at the time and, and I went back and, I, and I, I went to work at the liquor store and I'm just walking around kind of like I'm lost I'm like that night I went to a party with all my friends, friends that I had graduated high school with, friends I had known my entire life and and I remember, you know, walking in and, you know, they handed me a beer. And I'm, and I'm walking for three hours, I'm there and I'm still holding the same beer. Why? Because it was like, I was like, I, it was like I was a fish out of water. It was like, wait a minute. There was something that had come into me and all of a sudden what I was once comfortable with, I'm not comfortable with anymore. Now, if I had time to tell, continue with the story, I could tell you that, that there was a time where I went back into some of the old things that I went out of. So I had I, love to say, hey, from that day forward, I, yeah, hey, I was perfect. Not the case. But I remember holding that and, and I, the next day I went back into the liquor store and, and I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm praying in the Scotch aisle. <laughs> and I'm stuck in the shelves. And I'm, I'm like. I did not really know how to pray. It was Justin's version of. Hey I've been born again for two days. Prayer. In plain as day. The Lord said. You aren't. To be here any longer. I went in and. Told the boss, I said, I, I, you know, um, cause I mean, I, I gave him a two week notice and, um, he was like, um, what happened? I said, I met Jesus. He goes, you met who? I said, I met Jesus. And he was like, okay. He goes, well, you can, today can be your last day. I said, okay. All right. But I went home and I just was seeking the Lord some more. And he goes, He goes, Justin, and this is what I heard in my heart, plain as day. He goes, Justin, I said, what do I do, Lord? I said, I don't feel like I belong. I don't feel like I belong with my friends. I don't feel like I belong with. And and he goes, he goes, Justin, he goes, I've got places I want to take you that your friends can't take you. And so. uh, So another another day went by. Wasn't working, and my mom goes, what, Why aren't you working today? I said, uh, Well, quit my job. She goes, Well, what are you going to do? I said, um, I'm going to move to Salisbury. That's where my sister lived. It was a university town in Maryland. Well, what are you going to do for work? I, I don't know. And this came out of me. I said, Well, if God healed me, He sure can find me a job. And three days later, I moved an hour away and turned my back on everyone I knew, of course, nothing except for my family but but it was something that I had to do what happened. I encountered the fire and it's easy to get on I mean it didn't say it's easy, but it, it the enemy knows how we work. He's been studying man for a long time. And it's easy to get complacent and let the things that you were separated from all of a sudden join yourself back to. It's easy. He knows how to press your buttons. He knows what motivates you. He knows your hurts. He knows how you respond to loneliness, how you respond to someone rejecting you. He he knows all the ins and outs of you. And the only thing that's going to cause us and cause the believer to fulfill his purpose is understanding the importance of an ongoing fire of God in your life. 1 Corinthians 6. You have to know that the epistles are written to churches, not individuals. So we're talking to church people here, okay? And you think, well, why would we have to talk about some of these things to church people? (laughs) Enough said. (laughs) Enough said. Verse 9. Do you not know? I mean, this is kind of like a question like, are, are you stupid or what? <laughs> but you know what? I've been stupid or what? So it's, it's we're, hey, we've all been there. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. See, the enemy loves to deceive you. He goes, neither fornicators, that just means sex without a license. Nor idolaters, nor adulterers, <clears throat> nor homosexuals. Nor sodomites, sodomites. Do I need to explain that? Okay, just in case uh, we'll have another class later. Um, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners. When will inherit the kingdom of God? And then verse eleven says, "And such were some of you." So I mean, this is what you came out of. This is what you were. He goes, but. You were washed. Say washed. washed. But you were sanctified. Justified. But you were justified. Say justified. justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. What changed you? The name of Jesus and the Spirit of God. Jesus said, What? Well, I'm come to baptize them with Holy Ghost and fire. What is one of the great commission says? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. So, so our freedom, our sanctification see, see, the sanctification is the separation that takes place after you're born again. The separation. That you know Jesus, the Lord of your life. But then at the same time, you have to allow the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit to separate you from the things that would hold you down. You know, there were some things in my life that, that uh, at first, you know, I didn't think were a big deal after I got born again. But one of the first things after the, the initial transformation was my mouth. I had a mouth on me. I had a big mouth and not sure if I could back up my mouth. <laughs> and people think I'm kind of, you know, I'm calm and I'm peaceful and mm-mm. I cuss like a sailor. You're like, Pastor Justin, yes. <laughs> but what happened? So he, and, and all of a sudden, I'd be in the conversation and the Lord would be like, Holy Spirit would be like, why are you saying that? Oh. You mean I'm not supposed to talk that way? I just knew, just something here. It's like, just right in here. Just what What was happening? It's the sanctification process. I'm being sanctified. I'm being. My mind's being renewed. I'm in the Word, and all of a sudden now, the scriptures I'm reading are saying, "Hey, don't let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth." Oh, okay. So there's this. This being washed, this sanctified, and this justified. Now, this is not the works of the flesh. This is all done by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let's go to James chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. James chapter 4. You're receiving something. Say, my heart is open. open. Chapter 4, verse 1. Remember, this is a separation, this fire. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Now you might think, okay, we're talking about wars and fights, we're talking about nation against nation, we're talking about these things, but no, let's keep reading. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure? That war in your members. Now, this is James, the half-brother of Jesus, that pastoring the biggest church, the church in Jerusalem. And he's going to believers. He starts it off talking about brethren. He's talking to Christians here. And he's telling them, where do wars come from? They come from among you. Do they not come from your desires for pleasure? That war in your members. I want you to know. That the enemy is out for your purpose. He's out for your destiny. He's out for your calling. And if we aren't on guard against his tactics. He will take. Everything from us. And, and so James is saying here, don't you know where these, these wars are come from? We even know in the first chapter of James, he goes, he goes God tempts no man with evil. So this, this, this evil isn't coming from God. It's not God testing you. He says, he goes, but the temptation comes when you're led away by your own what? Yes. This is a real pastoral message this morning. But we need to hear this. We, we, I need this. Because this is about revival. And they war on your members. This is, on, this is an inside war. He goes, you lust and you do not have. You murder in coven and you can't obtain. Meaning everything in, your, in the natural that you're trying to get, get something. You're trying to attain something. And, and he goes, you don't, you don't even get it. You murder, you're, you're, you're wanting what someone else has, you're possessing this and possessing that, and, and you don't obtain anything. He goes, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Meaning you want God to bless you. you want, hey, God, prosper me. God, bless me. God, you do this. Hey. And he goes, no, you ask amiss because your heart isn't right. I don't want Revival. To say, Heritage of Faith is in revival. I want revival because I want our city changed. See, yes. yes. so you can say, Oh, well, I want revival, or I want miracles and I want healings. Do you want miracles because you love people or you love yourself? Do you, you want people to come to hear your preaching and that because you're, such, you're so amazing or because you love people? Do you want to get blessed so so you can say, hey, look at the watch I have or the car I drive and all that? Or no, is it to expand the kingdom of God? See, you have to ask ourselves, where where is our heart in all this? You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Then he says, adulterers and adulteresses. Wow. Wow. Meaning, what is this, adulterous and adulterous? Meaning, you, they're saying you are married to God, but you're pursuing something else. You made a covenant with him, you're in his kingdom, but you're sleeping around. And you can take that any way you want to take it you say, oh, well, pastor, I'm not, I'm not sleeping around. It, it doesn't have to do with sleeping physically. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about something else is your, is your focus. Something else is your source. Something else is your pursuit. Say, I want, I want revival. Say, I want revival. I want revival. He says this, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Wow. Well, now, this is New Testament. Don't think this isn't, this isn't, this isn't grace speaking. This is the Spirit of grace speaking. Well, Whoever there wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Meaning, God doesn't, Now get this. God's not being an enemy with you. This isn't God. When you fall and miss the mark, I'm telling you, God is right there with open arms. So don't receive what I'm saying today with condemnation. You make yourself an enemy of God. God's, you're not going to be an enemy of God. He already poured his wrath out on Jesus. (sighs) Mm. Verse 5. He goes, or... Do you think that scripture says to no purpose, in vain? Now, listen the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. The spirit. The spirit. Don't you think the spirit in us, who dwells in us, yearns jealously? Do you know how much God loves you? The Holy Spirit, every time I missed the mark, every time I was there to step out of side of, of this relationship with God or tried to step out of it, I, He wouldn't let me alone. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is yearning with a jealous love. I was thinking about this, I was, (laughs) I mean, the word jealousy here is probably more be better translated envy, envy and jealousy. It's a, let me just read some of these things that I put down. It says, the word envy comes from a Greek word, which was frequently used in literature, thus enabling us to know precisely what it means. This word, pathonos, is an emotion so strong that it tends toward taking vengeance upon someone. Taking vengeance upon someone. Meaning, meaning the Holy Spirit is yearning over you with such a love. He wants to take vengeance on the thing that's driving you away. I, I thought of this um, just story. I, Lord told me back to third grade. <laughs> And I was like, third grade? And I was on the playground, and there was this girl. I'll just say her first name. Her name was Jenny. Jenny. Forrest, I love you. No. Forrest, Jenny. Forrest, no, no, no sorry. Forrest, don't. Anyway. And this girl, I mean, she was my third grade crush. Now, third grade, you know, uh, but there was this another other kid in my class. His name was Steven. And one day she'd hold hands with me, and another day she would hold hands with Steven. Now this is, this is just human nature. At third grade, I was angry And I would wish he fell off the monkey bars. You know, you had those playground, those those metal things that you would spin around real fast. It's like I had these images as a third grader, just saying, I, if I just kicked him off. Now, you know, I, I mean, I can take the story a little further. I get to Valentine's Day of my third grade year, and I, I and I was like, Mom, can you, you know, those little Russell Stovers that has like four pieces of chocolate? You know, I got my mom to buy me one of those, and I told her I was going to give it to the teacher. But my whole point was to give it to Jenny. And then I found out she was allergic to chocolate. Jenny and I were actually friends all through high school. And uh, she ended up becoming more like a sister. She ended up marrying a good friend of mine named Mark. And, um, but at third grade, there was this feeling and this emotion... I mean if we're honest there's something in the from the naturally speaking we've been jealous of. I know what it's like to be jealous and have envy in the natural. It doesn't matter what age you are. You know. You know, how come you know, you write the letter, you know, yes, no or maybe? And it's like, it's been three days, she hasn't got back with me yet. It's like, you know, you can send a text message, you know, how, how come you're not messaging? Why? Because there's something on the inside of you. And next thing you know, you'll see a picture and, and there was someone else. And you're like... I mean, it's, it's like there's... Someone... Is trying to come between you and the one you love. I know for Annette and I, there's things that you know we do. Like if I go anywhere, I text her. When I get not that she she's not controlling, but I do it as a matter of honor. Hey, I, I just you know I just got here, and that's oh I'm leaving here now. I learned it from Larry Stockstill, pastor in in Baton Rouge. You know, it's just, it's, just, it's just part of honor, integrity. Why? Because I want her to know that there's no one else but her. But yet, if we would be honest with ourselves, in the natural, we've been disappointed by relationships, in relationships, in love. Am I the only one, right? I'm going to cast the devil out of liars here in a minute. <laughs> But what I want you to see is, is you had a natural moment in your life where you experienced the hurt because of jealousy, because of someone taking the one that you like or the one that you're lusting after or the one, whatever it might be. But the thing is, is you have to understand the Holy Spirit yearns after you with that same kind of, of love. Yeah, you'd be up all night, where are they? And they didn't message me and, and frustrated. Well, I'm going to go do this then. And I'm going to, I'm going to get them back and, and do that. And the Holy Spirit ain't going to do that. But, but the point is, <laughs> the point is, is understanding the Holy Spirit yes. loves you yes. and he yearns over you with a jealous love. Yes. Yes, so don't think that the Spirit of God, heart, isn't broken when he sees you walking away from him who is the fire. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The Holy Spirit is a lover, he is preoccupied with us, he wants to possess us totally. And he passionately desires our affection to also be set on him. When we walk and talk like unbelievers and give our lives to natural pursuits, the Holy Spirit feels like a lover who's been robbed. He feels jealous for his relationship with us to be restored. He has a divine hatred for worldliness that has usurped his role in our lives, and he's filled With a godly envy to see things put back together the way they should be. When we put the three words together in this chapter. Dwell, lust is or envy. This paints quite a picture. The Holy Spirit is not a passive partner. He aggressively and actively pursues us. When we give a piece of ourselves to something or someone else's control. He wants to seize it and bring it back under his divine control. He even has a godly anger towards our preoccupation. With other things Just a little bit more The spirit who has come to settle down Makes us home And permanently dwelling in us Is moved by an all-consuming Ever-growing passionate desire To fill us We live in a world We work in a world And function in a world There's no way to get around that Jesus didn't pray That we would be removed from, from the world But that we would be kept from the world There's nothing wrong with working, buying houses, purchasing cars, enjoying clothes. Those things are a part of living abundant abundant life. They're not wrong unless they consume and preoccupy our lives. The fire. Go to Acts chapter three. Acts chapter three. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Mm. Thank you. Just lift our hands and just worship for a moment. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Mm. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Mm. Let's look at Act chapter one first. Jesus came to baptize us with Holy Ghost and fire. For the sake of time, let's look at verse eight. He says, "But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me." Let's go to Acts chapter 2. So when this fire would come on them, it will cause them to be witnesses. Wrote this down, the word witnesses is a witness is one who testifies. And it's a testimony, but it's not just what you're speaking, but it's what you're doing. There's two forms of the word witnessing in the original language here, and it means what you say and who you serve. It's what I say and it's what I do for one. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon me and fire comes upon me, it it changes me down on the inside and it separates me from things to where I speak different and I do different, but it's all for one, not for self. So the fire of God coming in my life is for me now to be selfless. The fire of God coming into your life is to cause us to be selfless. Do you know the number one, in my opinion, the number one cause? I want to say that. Let me say it this way. The biggest downfall, I believe, and the greatest aspect of when we talk about sin What is the root of sin? It's selfishness. I want what I want. When I want it. And the Holy, so the Holy fire comes to do that. So we be witnesses for one. Selfless. Thank you, Father. Acts chapter two. I'll just, just communicate this real quick. When the Holy Spirit came in like a muddy, (laughs) a a (laughs) mighty rushing wind, it said clothing tongues of fire sat upon each one of them. It changed how they talked and it changed how they lived. That's what the fire of God wants to do in our life, to change how we talk. And change how we live. Go to Acts chapter three. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's start to close here. Verse 17 says, Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers, but those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that the Christ would suffer, and he he has thus fulfilled. Verse 19, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. The way I I look at the word repentance here is aligning myself with Him. It's so easy to get unaligned. It's so easy to let other things have our affection. It's so easy. I'm telling you, it's so easy to not press in. It's so easy to... You know what? I'm just... I don't want to be in the Word today. The next thing you know, it's another day. Another day, another day, another day, another day. Repent is not just about confessing, but it's about aligning my life and bringing myself under the fire. As it says, when I do that, it's that what? Times of refreshing come. Doesn't matter what you've gone through, it doesn't matter the decisions you've made, mistakes you've made. When I align myself back under the Word, back under the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, the fire of God is right there. Amen. Bedtime, we had time, we'd go to Acts chapter four. It says this about Acts chapter four, and he goes. He goes, those disciples, he goes, the ones that are doing these miracles, he goes, we can tell they've been with Jesus. Yes, Yes. Yes, it was with a person. But what did he come to do? Jesus said, I came to bring fire. It wasn't just, oh, we can tell they, they hung out with Jesus. It's partly true. But also, now they were filled with the fire that he was filled with. So, let me ask you a question Can people tell you're hanging out with the fire? Because they could tell hey, these people have been with Jesus, they were with fire. Acts 17, they go to Jason's house and they're like, Man, these here, there's here also who came to turn the world upside down are here now. The fire of God will turn the world upside down. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let me close with this. Go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Mm. Philippians chapter two. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Set apart by the Holy Spirit. Mm. Can we just just raise your hand, just worship Him for a moment? Mm. Holy, holy, holy. Verse twelve says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed not. As in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Meaning, you're not doing things just because I was there. I mean, honestly, what do you do when no one else is looking? What what are you doing? Paul was calling them on that. He goes, he, He says, He goes, therefore, my beloved, as you always obey. And he says, it's not in my presence only, but how much more in my absence? Meaning, would it happened with the Philippian church, he was telling them, let this become a lifestyle. Let this become a personal pursuit in your life. Then he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Do you, do we really understand the salvation experience that we've had? I want to communicate this. It's not, it's not about your pastor experiencing God. It's not about your parents experiencing God. It's about you experiencing God. You can't live. Now, I can tell you about my experience. But ultimately, you need your own experience. Because if you're just hearing, hearing me, then it's kind of like secondhand information. Which is okay. But what about first hand experience? It's like I experienced God. Not because my pastor told me. But because I know. I know he's real. It's not just because of what my mom said. But no it's because. No it's like I experienced him. The enemy always wants us to forget about. Special times times where we encountered God and we push it all. Ah, that was just, I don't know what was happening then Mm-mm. don't let the enemy steal something that has marked you I'm just talking out of my heart here work out your own salvation with fear and trembling <sighs> your own, work out your own salvation I wish I had time to unpack that but I'm supposed to right now work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you that's present tense it's not that God worked in you but God's works in you it is God who works in you to do what in you both to will and to do his good pleasure we can say it this way for it is the fire It is the Holy Spirit. We're talking about God. We could say the word. We could say the fire. We could say the Holy Spirit. We could say revelation. For it is the fire of God that works in you. Both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Not my good pleasure. For his good pleasure. He goes, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of fire without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Do you realize it's possible to be without fault in the world we live in? Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation. I mean, how do people know that we live in a crooked and a perverse generation? But I want you to know that you're children of fire. We are children of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Now, the only way they could describe light is not the lights that we have but the only way they could describe it and what their thought was for that word light is fire you are fire you know there's a I don't know if it's a new saying or old saying I don't know I hear some things from CJ and different ones but they're like oh that's fire <laughs> no this is fire <laughs> this is fire He's longing after you with a jealous love. Whew, hallelujah. Mm, just, just raise your hands and just... Mm. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the word that you deposited on the inside of us this morning. Thank you for the fire. Mm, Lord, we repent where we've stepped away from the fire oh father I'm so grateful that I don't have to live with the guilt and condemnation of walking away from the fire holy spirit you're just brooding over this house this morning you're just right there where those are watching by way of internet you're right there with them And I thank you that you're right there yearning over them with a jealous love. Lord, as the word said, Lord, you said, if we would repent, times of refreshing would come. Just right where you are. I think I would be safe to say. That there is something. In our lives currently. That we've been preoccupied with. Maybe it's ministry. Maybe it's even your own. Your family. Maybe it's. A relationship, maybe it's finances, maybe it's hurt, maybe it's anger. Maybe it could be a number of things, but whatever it is, it's been something that's tried to you, separate you from the fire. I'm not saying it's, you say, "Well, I don't have any sin." I'm not. I'm talking about, I'm talking about things, something that that has, has been taking up too much of your time. Maybe it's TV, maybe it's social media, maybe it's. I could label tons of things, but, but this is between you and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Father, we just bring ourselves. Oh, Father, we just bring ourselves. Lord, we repent. Lord, we repent where we have aligned ourselves with wrong things. Today, we make a decision to separate ourselves. From the things that are trying to take out the fire. Consume the fire in our lives. And we repent. Hallelujah. 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 Danny, can you lead us in something? I just asked Danny leads us in something. I just want you to have a personal moment. Hallelujah. Actually, before you start singing, Joseph, I want you to just prophesy. Because if you sing a song and then people aren't really focused, I want as Joseph ministers to the Lord, I want you to minister to the Lord. And bring yourself under back under the fire. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let's not be in a hurry. I did some research. I've done some research in the past and just went back to some of the stuff that I looked up. There's a gentleman by the name of Evan Roberts that um, we as the Welsh Revival. When he was when he was 13 years old he spent I think it was close to 10 years praying for revival started I think he was either 11 or 13 years of age (coughs) he went away to college and when he was 26 he came home from college to minister at the church he was in only 17 people in attendance 17 people Man, 17 people. It was a four-part message. It was four parts that he preached. And these were his four points. And depending on what you look at, they're all basically come to these four points. The main first point was repent of any known sin. Number two was put away Habits. And and be sure to forgive everyone. Number three, obey the Holy Spirit promptly. And number four, confess Christ openly as Savior. That was his message to 17 people. Within nine months, 100,000 people were born again. A hundred thousand people were born again. Yes. <clears throat> Five years later, they did a survey and eighty thousand of the hundred thousand were still on fire. They try to they try to use that as a as a slam that oh it wasn't really all that it was. But he you realize a year later, Asusa, it, it went over to America and Dr. Sol talked about those awakenings. And in 1906, because Evan Roberts was 1904 to 1905. In 1906, Azusa happened. I believe what Evan Roberts did and what he ministered was a springboard that brought part the awakening at the turn of the century. What if we lived with these four points? repent of any known sin put away habits and make sure to forgive everyone obey the Holy Spirit promptly and confess Christ openly as Savior so simple but yet within nine months a hundred thousand people were saved so Father today we repent of any known sin Today as a church family We put away habits And we choose to forgive everyone We make a decision To obey the Holy Spirit promptly And we make a choice To confess Christ openly as Savior <clears throat> Hallelujah just, just Let's just worship Him for a, just a few more minutes Hallelujah mm. Hallelujah Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we thank you for our community. Lord, thank you for awakening this community. Thank you, Father, for the fire of God in each one of us. Mm. Hallelujah. hallelujah Holy Spirit just told me he said that today I sowed a seed next Sunday something's going to erupt in this place Mm. do you want him more than anything more than anything we're tired of the old we're tired of the things that don't profit we're tired of of the things the enemies try to mold and shape us and conform us to we want so much more Lord I thank you that that, Lord we're in a season of separation and and we're breaking out of all boundaries we're breaking out of all limitations hallelujah the things that we have made up in our minds and the things that that we've constructed Lord we just lay, lay all those things aside and Lord take us higher, take us higher. Take us higher. Hallelujah. Take us higher. Oh, take us higher, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, praise you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Do you receive that today? We'll give him a shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah, Pastor Phil.